Hello, everyone, and welcome to another playoff Thursday edition of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. We are brought to you in part by the Minute Media Podcast Network. Once again, all five regular hosts are on this episode to discuss the two championship series. The Astros beat the Yankees in four games, and the Phillies went on to beat the Padres in five games. So not super competitive on paper, but both were still fun series to watch. Uh, we will skip the high how are again to save time, but all of us are here, and we will lead off with the American League series. And after this, as always, we will give our predictions for the next round, which does happen to be the World Series. So let's start with Cody. He is in the leadoff position. Cody, what's your reaction to the Astros-Yankees series? I mean, what an embarrassment of a series, right? I think most of us had uh, Astros in six. You know, we obviously got the the outcome correct here, but we we anticipated this being a much closer series than it ended up being. There's a saying in golf where, you know, there's no pictures on the scorecard, you know, whatever you can put down, uh, you don't need to see how you got there. I think it's the inverse for this series. A lot of these games, if you look at the box score, it looked a lot closer than it ended up being on on the field, Right. You know, a couple of one-run, two-run games apart from that one shutout. But this series really never felt like it was that competitive altogether. The Astros seemed to have it in hand from the beginning. The Yankees just really didn't show up. You know, blame it on poor roster construction. Blame it on, you know, a lot of games and, you know, a lot of days with a lot of travel or, or whatever it was. But for a team that started off the season so hot, talking about, you know, setting a new new wins record for a regular season. This team really sputtered to the finish line and ended up going out in a terribly sad fashion. Obviously, you know, as a member of Sox Nation, it was it was great to watch the Yankees get absolutely thumped and, you know, kind of leave with their tails tucked between their legs. But it was, it was really not that exciting to watch, um, you know, unless you were, you know, drinking in the tears of, of Yankee fans. But um, a real bummer of a series in terms of what you want to get out of a championship level, um, you know, for the pennant. But yeah, uh, a sweep. Great to see, you know, if you're an Astros fan, if you hate the Yankees. But outside of that, it really wasn't entertaining. Aaron Judge reached base twice in the entire ALCS. One hit, one walk, 17 plate appearances. Good for a .63 average. .063 average. Big difference right there. That's absolutely pathetic. That's how he possibly ends his Yankee tenure. When Harrison Bader is your MVP and the guy that you're hanging your hat and hopes on, you're doomed. Yankee fans, they try to, you know, justify it. But like, well, you know, look, he turned into this year's Randy Arena. The trade made sense. And then, you know what? He drops the ball in right field. Garrett Cole gives up a 220-foot home run off the top of the right field fence. And it, it just all spiraled. The Yankees struck out. I think it was something like over 30 times in that series. I didn't even look it up, but it was remarkable the difference in strikeouts between the Yankees and the Astros. I don't know where the Yankees go from here. They're going to have a lot of work to do. Starts in free agency. One player I can give credit to is Garrett Cole. He showed up. He pitched great, um, and he really owned this postseason. But other than that, uh, no one else showed up. Maybe Stanton. Charlie? Well, for me, it was another one of those. I really, 
I mean, above all else, I hope I get this series right because, Jesus, if I don't, this is going to be brutal. Andrew already touched up on the one lone bright spot and the one big guffaw, one player who we expected to do major damage who just didn't get it done. The Yankees got absolutely exposed, embarrassed, and now there are rumors that players, after what Josh Donaldson had said, the team doesn't even look like they want to be there. They're not happy to be in New York. Your fans are booing you. Your fans are booing a player that broke a 61-year record after a, Andrew, you said .062 batting average or .065. That's insane. That's just, how do you, how do you play that bad? And on top of that, you were sending players home because their attitude sucks. I mean, the Yankees were doomed for failure before it even started. Everything that could potentially go wrong is there's no way Aaron Judge is going to come back to this team. Not with the mentality and the attitude that everybody has right now. Houston absolutely dominated. I thought maybe there's a chance that when they go back to New York, maybe the Yankees can one, hopefully two, to make this series at least a little bit exciting because Houston's running away with everything. They haven't lost a game yet. They're they're literally out they're playing out of their minds and they're doing it with players that are somewhat injured, recovering from injury. And New York just they are they're embarrassing. They're they're literally embarrassing. I I can't say anything else. Jason. I said it in the preview show leading up to this series. The Astros are the Yankees' daddy, and they proved it. Um, Houston's pitching was gross in this series. Verlander and Valdez were gross. Um, Javier did his job. Lance McCullers had the worst start of all of them, and it still didn't matter. The Yankees, (laughs) I don't know what the future of that franchise is going to be. They've already said Boone's going to be back. They've, you know, Cashman's going to be back. It's going to be the same thing over and over again. And look, they're probably going to lose Aaron Judge this offseason. I, I don't think there's really anyone who thinks he's going back to New York. And I don't know what Cashman's going to do in the offseason to make up for that. But it's, it's really comical and kind of uh, rich to see even the most hardcore of Yankee fans finally calling out Steinbrenner, calling out Cashman, and saying, what are we doing here? And as Charlie alluded to, like there's reports coming out that players don't want to play in New York anymore, not for the Yankees at least, because the pressure of being a New York Yankee and putting on those pinstripes and having that fan base, the toxicity of that fan base weighing down on you, is deterring players from wanting to play there. That's a massive problem. It used to be like a badge of honor when the Yankees wanted to sign you, if you were a free agent or if you were a player that they traded for. It used to be a sign of recognition, like, wow, I get to play for the most successful, greatest franchise in MLB history. And we're seeing reports now of that attitude around the league kind of changing. And players sort of saying, no, you know what? I don't want to be a New York Yankee because I don't want to deal with that fan base. I don't want to play for that manager. And the team's not going to win, and I'm going to get blamed. I'm going to get bashed on Twitter. I'm going to get bashed by the fans all over the place. So they actually have 
a likability problem, which the Yankees have not had for years. So for them, in terms of enticing guys like Aaron Judge, who they want to bring back, or enticing any new free agents to play there, it's going to get more difficult. And look, the losing drought is real. They haven't won since 09 or, or whatever that was. It, it's been a while. So like it's that they're heading into territory that they're not used to. They're not used to being the girl at the prom that nobody wants to dance with. They used to be, you know, Miss America who everyone would just, Oh yeah, no, we, we absolutely want to go dance with her. Now it's like, they're sitting in the corner. They're waiting for a dance. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the Yankees offseason is like because I think it's going to be a lot more difficult and less satisfying than their fans are expecting. You guys make a lot of good points. One of the things that stood out to me, I pointed it out on the last show, was the five through nine spot in the batting order. So more than half the order, really, just wasn't producing. They were getting almost nothing out of uh, that part. And uh, the final tally was they were eight for 69, the bottom, um, you know, the bottom five players. That's a 115 average. So when those guys are essentially automatic outs, you don't have to give guys like Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, much to hit. If you can just navigate those first four guys, you got it made. And the Astros had one of the best pitching staffs in the in the league. And I was shocked. I was shocked that the Yankees got swept. All of those games were competitive. Um there weren't any blowouts except for maybe I think there was a yeah game three was five to nothing so I guess that that's a borderline blowout but but uh, you know two runs in the first game there was only a, a one run difference in uh, games two same as game four like all the way through I wasn't comfortable you know I thought it it could turn it could turn maybe one of these guys wakes up and the Astros were very fortunate that that Aaron Judge ball died right on the warning track for Kyle Tucker because that, that could have went out. So I think that was the roof game, right? The roof was open, that, so that was game two. Um, so hats off to the Astros. I said before we came on, I was just reminding you guys, I was very nervous about this series because uh, the Astros weren't super hot you know, in the, in the Mariner series and they, they got it done. They got it done. And I picked six games. And when the last show ended, I thought, geez, I probably should have went seven. I, I was just that nervous about it. And, uh, turns out I was a dumbass. It, you know, wasn't even close. So, um, interestingly, Aaron Boone is coming back. I think Brian Cashman's status is uh, still kind of up in the air. There's no confirmation on anything. Let me just I'm doing a quick search right now. Um, Steinbrenner said he was coming. He was coming back today. Who it said that? Steinbrenner. Oh, Steinbrenner. Said did both say of them that. were. Yeah. Oh, they both are. Okay. 
All right. I when I was looking uh, at the Aaron Boone situation, uh, it, a couple of the headlines made it seem, uh, um, you know, uncertain about Cashman. All right. So they're both coming back. Who's like, who's like the the living like Yankee Jesus in your opinion? Like ex Yankee. Like who's the closest thing there? Well. Either Jeter or Rivera. And I don't know. Did you, did you okay. hear Rivera's comments? Uh, it's it's Rivera. In this in this case, Mariano Rivera is going to be starring as Yankee Jesus. He has said uh, in an article that just came out twenty minutes ago uh, from Sports Illustrated. He says Aaron Boone should be fired. So, the most famous one of the most famous Yankees in in recent history is is calling for Boone's firing and. Mariano Rivera to this day is the only unanimous Hall of Fame inductee. So <laughs> lots of credibility there. And I just don't know. I don't know what the Yankees are thinking <laughs> by not not switching it up. I don't I don't know how that fan base isn't burning that stadium to the ground. Almost literally. I and the reason why that's hard for me to fathom is you guys didn't know me back then, but I was the biggest anti John Farrell guy on Red Sox Twitter. Just dude could not manage the bullpen, lost the clubhouse uh, in the last couple of seasons. It was just, it was a painful tenure. He probably should have been fired uh, at least one year earlier. And I, I think even two, but they couldn't fire him after 2015 because he had cancer. It would have been a PR nightmare. So he got to, he, he ended up getting to stay two more years after that. But uh, that was painful. And uh, it just seemed like those October meltdowns were going to be predictable those last couple of years. And they were. And so I think Yankees fans are probably feeling, uh, you know, a, a similar sense of doom. So um, good, good for the Astros. This will be their third World Series uh, in the six-year run that they've made it to the uh, LCS. So uh, let's switch over to the National League Championship Series. Again, that was the Phillies beating the Padres four games to one. Cody, thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, as as confident as we felt about the American League side, as many stats as you can throw out about, you know, how the matchups are, ballparks, roof open, roof closed, uh, pitchers in big spots. The the National League series was so exciting because there really wasn't much you could hang your hat on, right? You had you had a team that wouldn't go away in San Diego, and you had a team that would hit their way out of anything in, in Philadelphia, and you kind of saw both aspects of that in this series. It was incredibly exciting. Um, one peculiar thing that didn't really make sense to me was the lack of use of Joss Hader in, in close games down the stretch for, for San Diego. You make this big trade, you send over that package to Milwaukee to get this guy. Now, granted, he didn't he didn't finish the season strong, but he, he figured it out in October, right? He had a zero ERA in the postseason. He was lights out. And we didn't see him after game two, right? San Diego tied the series 1-1. And then we just never saw him again. And it made no sense. Does he get Harper out in game four? Who knows? Or game five, excuse me. Um, but like, why is your your best guy not up there to face their best guy, right? Like, that's the reason you get these players, you know, the mono e mono matchups. 
Um, you know, a real bummer of a of an end to a season for San Diego. I know they had kind of put all their chips into the table to to make a run here, and you know, it got them to the championship series. But you know, they they come up a little bit short, and they'll be an exciting team next year. You add in Tatis, you know, if he can keep his head on his shoulders, and and we'll see what happens. But um, it was you know, it was it was a fun series to watch. I wish we could have gotten more games out of it. Uh, you know, a game seven. Uh, back in San Diego, if I'm not mistaken, I think would have been absolutely electric. Uh, but I think the better team ended up coming out on top from this one. Yeah, I didn't think it would be possible to top Terry Francona when it came to horrible managerial decisions. But Bob Melvin pulled it off, so credit to him. Josh Hader appearing in one game was absolutely mind-boggling. He was, he's been lights out and, you know, your season's on the line and you don't go to him. I, it made zero sense. If you're not going to go to him, then you walk Bryce Harper. I, there was just no reasoning behind leaving him out. He wasn't overworked. He hadn't pitched in like five days. So I'm not too sure what the hell Bob Melvin was thinking right there. Um, Yes, yeah, San Diego's going to have to do some work this off season. They'll get rid of a couple big acquisitions in Clevenger and Manaya who, both will be, you know, in free agency. Tatis is back after 12 games since it went so far in the playoffs. Um, yeah, they're going to really have to figure some things out. And, you know, because it was San Diego and, you know, they don't really have much of sports media out there, no one really called Bob Melvin out for that. And he really deserves a lot more heat than what he was given, even nationally, which I, wasn't much. Uh, but it was absolutely pathetic, made no sense, and he really cost his team uh, the best chance at winning. Charlie? So for me, it's going to be <clears throat> a conversation about the players that didn't play. We already talked about one. Josh Hader was a player that I talked about on the last show about how in his last three innings it struck out eight guys, was just absolutely electric. Whatever yips that he had is now over. He'd only allowed one earned run in almost two months of baseball. How he's only playing in a couple of moments is beyond me. But also the acquisitions that they're making. The Sean Manaya one was just absolutely tragic. And I think a part of me wanted San Diego to advance just because, oh my God, San Diego is four wins away from potentially getting to the World Series before the series starts. And they could potentially win without Fernando Tatis. And I think that would just be the, the biggest ha ha um to to the padres not for them but just like you idiots you guys gave them this huge contract unfortunately it didn't work out but sean Manaya just completely imploded on himself that was one of the worst performances i think i've ever seen him have and at, at one point i was like All right, i'm just gonna walk away i'm sure i'll come back and he'll still be pitching i wasn't joking i, I wasn't wrong and um you know I, jason you you're still the only one that seems to get it like right on the button. And I was like, no, I, I didn't think for a second the Phillies had a chance. And, and I, I, I could not have been more wrong. But everything that, again, similar to like the Yankees game, the players that we expected to have a more consistent level of, of damage didn't do it. Juan Soto had only a couple of moments of brilliance, and it was a lot other players, a lot of other players that were doing work. If Manny Machado wasn't there, Padres were a joke. So, again, incredibly disappointing to see that team just completely flame out and implode. Jason? Yeah, yeah. San Diego's pitching really let them down in this series. Blake Snell sucked. Mike Clevenger wasn't very good. Shamanaya completely sucked when he went in there. 
Um, you Darvish was their only good pitcher. And you look at that team and all the acquisitions they've made, they've basically Preller has blown up that farm system to make a run for it. And he fell flat on his face. Now, you know, a lot of people would say, well, getting to the NLCS isn't falling flat on your face. Similar narrative to what's happened here in Boston um, in 2021. But regardless, you didn't make the dance. And you blew up your farm system to do it. And you look at San Diego's top prospects, a lot of them aren't slated to get to the major leagues until three years from now, three or four years from now. They don't have a Mackenzie Gore anymore. They traded him away. So the future of that team doesn't look great. And I brought it up before, but Manny Machado has an opt-out after next season. And if he looks around and who knows what's going to happen with Tatis, I don't know if Tatis is a guy who can keep his head out of his ass. You know, what if he gets suspended again? Or what if he what if he comes back after a suspension and just isn't that good? What if he has a down season? And Manny Machado's looking around. If the Giants do what I think they're going to do, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, they're going to be a lot better next year. Um, the Dodgers will always be around. What if the Padres suddenly find themselves in third or fourth place in their division next year? Is Manny Machado going to stick around? You know, or is he going to go, hey, you know what? I've got an opt-out, and there are better teams around that I can latch on to. I've yet to win a World Series, and I'm getting – I'm quickly heading towards the twilight of my career before I know it. Maybe it's time to go somewhere else. And all of a sudden, the Padres are right back where they were before the Machado-Tatis era, where it was just – they were a West Coast team that, hey – it's a nice place to live. It's a great place to, to play. It's, you know, good weather and all that, but they're never going to win Jack. So I think San Diego's future is very murky right now. I'd be very concerned if I was a Padres fan because the NL West is not going to slow down. I think it's going to get even more competitive next year in the next coming years. And um, they made a lot of acquisitions and they gave up a lot of talent to build this team for this year and they didn't make it. And quite frankly, as much as I'm on the Phillies bandwagon, as much as I'm thrilled to see what they're doing, the Padres got beat by a team that really wasn't supposed to be here. Not really. When you really look at it and the way they were built and the way the league was shaping out, the Phillies have been a surprise. So if you're San Diego, you're looking at it going, not only were we supposed to compete for the division, but we were supposed to get further than this in the playoffs. And we didn't achieve that. So I think their future is very bleak. Again, I, you know, they've got Blake Snell for one more year, and then he's done after next year too. So they've got contracts coming up. They've got less of a farm system than they used to have. And they've got a GM who I think, quite frankly, if he doesn't have the farm system to deal away with, isn't that good and isn't going to be able to build a winner. So not looking great if you're a Padres fan. I, I kind of feel for them because this was like their one true shot this year, especially with the Dodgers getting out of the way early and they didn't get it done. You guys make a lot of great points, as always. Um, you know, Three of the four Padres losses were close, much like the Yankees were to the Astros. Uh, three out of their four losses were by two runs or less. Uh, 
Uh, and I, I think the big reason the, the Padres are not moving on is because their bottom half of the order didn't hit very well either. Uh, Jerks and Profar, you know, 211 on the series. Austin Nola, um, you know, 0.053 average. Will Myers was terrible. Uh, Song Kim, not that he's ever really relied upon. Trent Grisham did not record a hit at all. <laughs> so... I think that really was the difference there. There's not a ton of complaints with uh, Padres pitching outside of maybe Clevenger, who just hasn't seemed to have been able to uh, get into a groove here. Um, yeah. One of my favorite quotes, I don't know if you guys saw it, was from a uh, AJ Preller. Uh, they asked him, they said, well, what position is uh, Fernando Tatis going to play next year? And he goes very sarcastically was his tone. He goes, uh, preferably one that's on the field <laughs> and so you know he's tired of of the um you know the the tatis drama i guess with the wrist injury being very irresponsible you know on on a motorcycle or, or a dirt bike uh and then of course the the ped suspension and i share Jace, jason's pessimism some guys just don't come back from a failed steroid test they don't really live up to the hype and then i've had some character concerns about tatis i just wonder if he's truly a grinder uh i hope i'm wrong i i hope i'm wrong about all of that i, I think baseball needs a guy like tatis so i'm not i'm not rooting against the kid but i can't help but be you know uh you know extremely pessimistic but that to me was the difference I think the fact they got into the playoffs might sway Machado more to, to staying at this point. Um, I'm not sure how serious he, he was considering that opt-out. I mean, San Diego is a pretty sweet place to live, you know, of all the towns. I mean, he was playing in Baltimore before that. Can you imagine living half the year in Baltimore? It's just, it's a rough city. You know, no offense if we have anyone, you know, in that market listening. But um, but San Diego, jeez. And uh, the the non-use of hater uh, also uh, was surprising. Yeah, and I'll say this. I mean, Brandon Drury came out of nowhere. You know, he showed some promise in the last several years with the um, Diamondbacks and just kind of bounced around, but found himself playing a major role. Uh, Josh Bell finally did show up for this uh, last series. Uh, was six for 17, so that was impressive. Juan Soto uh, had a couple of home runs, so he finally showed up. But again, bottom half of the order just did not get it done. So, uh, and I, I thought I'll say this too about the Padres. I thought they were the most balanced of the two teams, and uh, I was waiting for that number 26th ranked uh, Phillies pen to, to you know. Uh, for that to catch up to them. I think the Red Sox had the number 27th ranked pen. So that just shows you how bad the Phillies pen was during the season, but how good it, it seems to be um, here in the uh, postseason. So, all right, finally, uh, let's go ahead and, and get into this World Series. I don't think we're we're shocked that the Astros are there. Uh, I think, no, I had the Blue Jays going, but... Um, but yeah, and uh, there is quite a bit of shock, I think, with the other teams. So uh, let's go ahead, Cody, back to the top of the order. Let's let's hear the, the prediction. 
I mean, this series comes down to logic or chaos, right? Are you going to listen to your heart or are you going to listen to your mind? Uh, you know, the Phillies have continuously shocked us throughout the postseason. They've won series that we didn't think they had a chance of winning. And, you know, the Astros have kind of methodically worked their way through the postseason like they have years in the past. I mean, we're, you know, a couple of fluky series away from looking at the next, you know, 99 to 2002 Yankees. At this point in time, the Astros, in my opinion, are kind of like the 90s Braves. They're you know, always kind of in the mix, always going, you know, to, to the World Series, but don't have a lot to show for it. Um, for me, this series kind of comes down to to game one. Can the Phillies set the tone? Can they steal one early? Um, if you look at all of the, the series that the Phillies have played so far, you know, they beat the Cardinals, um, they beat the Braves, and then they beat the Padres all in game one. So they were playing with the lead. I think if they can jump on Verlander, who has historically not been good in, in the playoffs, especially in the World Series, um, we got ourselves uh, a chance at a really fun series. But if you know Verlander kind of flips the script, I, I don't think he's won a World Series game yet, and he has a five-plus ERA, um, you know, then it's anybody's ball game. But uh, if, if the Astros win game one, I think this, this kind of goes the way of the Astros. And I would say Astros in five especially if they win game one. Astros and five. Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, for me, what it comes down to right now is experience. And Houston obviously has a huge edge in that. It's not even close. They have guys that have been there. Um, and quite frankly, that haven't performed, you know, to any sort of their standards yet this postseason. Jose Altuve has been as cold as cold can be, probably even worse than Aaron Judge has been or was in this postseason. And I just can't see that staying, uh, staying the case. All those guys have pedigree. Bregman has pedigree. Alvarez has pedigree. Christian Vasquez has pedigree. I just can't pick against that. I, You know, you pull up the Phillies, um, you know, you go down their roster and you click on postseason pitching, and there's no results. For Nola, there's no results for Wheeler outside of, you know, this season. So I I really just don't – I just don't see Philly being able to match this at this point. I think they've been a hell of a story. I think they've played totally over their heads, and it's completely worked for them. Um, I think maybe they were a little underestimated by their opponents as well. I just don't think Houston, you know – will underestimate them. This is a business trip for him, and it's home, which I think is huge. You sleep in your own bed at night. You're used to the field. The only thing I could see is those Philly hitters taking advantage of that short left field porch. I think if they're going to do some damage that they need to do on the road, they got to take uh, advantage of the Crawford boxes. If they don't, Houston will. And I, you know, I trust Houston to pull it together when they need to. So Houston in six, um, but I honestly hope it's a sweep so we just get on with the offseason. Charlie. So it was it's almost obvious, like it's it's natural. What's up, Cody? Uh it's almost natural that you get the uh the asterisk to say that. And and I'm torn with going with my head and my heart. And my head says Asterisk should win this. But my heart says, well, Jason's been right the last three times. What would be the more interesting thing as opposed to what is more probable? And for me, I want to go with the side of what's going to be more fun for baseball. 
And I think seeing Houston lose in game seven would be amazing. So I'm going Phillies in seven. I've gone against the Phillies this entire time. I went to school there for a year. And uh, I would I would be so excited to, to be right on this one circumstance. I'm saying Phillies in seven. And Andrew brought up a lot of great points with the, the fact that there's no numbers on some of these guys. Houston's already announced, sorry, uh, Philly has already announced their game one and game two starters. Houston has yet to do so, to the best of my uh, knowledge. I don't, I don't think that Houston's going to uh, delay the, the hitting attack once they get to Houston. They have that baby left field porch that everyone's going to take advantage of. Bryce Harper's going to be mashing. Anytime that Carl Schwarber makes contact in Houston, you know that thing's going to go to the moon. They have players that weren't really doing anything that are now starting to have their moments. They're picking their moments to do work. And if you look at the rotation, you look at the relievers, Houston's got the edge. I don't think there's a question there. Um, the the closer for the Astros is electric. The Phillies don't have one. They have Eflin in there. So in that regard, I, I think, you know, as far as the ninth inning is concerned, what are the odds that Ryan Presley blows one? Maybe one in four. And I think that's that's going to be that game that they don't get. That's going to be the reason why they don't win in seven or even before. So I'm going to take Phillies in seven, and I may be stupid and maybe the only one who does it. But no, you won't be. I, <laughs> I, 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 Jason's on it. deck. So Phillies in seven. Phillies in seven from Charlie. Okay, go ahead, Jason. Yeah, as uh, as Terry just alluded to, uh, to quote Brian Adams, "Look into your hearts." And my heart's with the Phillies. Phillies have been my team the whole way. I'm not going to abandon them now. Um, it's not purely heart, though. It, it, there is some logic thrown in here. Look, I still think their pitching is ridiculous. Zach Wheeler has been incredible throughout these playoffs. He's pitched his ass off. Aaron Nola in the NLCS actually was bad. Gave up six runs, had a horrible start. I don't think he's going to repeat that. He's too good. He's going to come back. He's going to have a monster start in the World Series. And, you know, Andrew brought up the, the Phillies lineup and the lack of World Series experience is one guy you're forgetting about. A lot of Red Sox fans want to forget about this guy, but Kyle Schwarber has been in the World Series before. He's got a ring. He hit 412 in 2016 with the Cubs in the World Series. He's been there. He's been to the dance. He knows what to do. And Kyle Schwarber has been on fire in these playoffs he's hitting home run after home run and if he's not hitting home runs he's getting walked he's getting on base and he's setting the plate for guys like real muto and reese hoskins and bryce harper who is playing out of his mind right now bryce harper is on a mission to win a world series ring so look i'm not going to discredit the houston astros and the talent that's on that team and as andrew mentioned the experience that's on that team too these guys have been to the dance before as well. I get it. So you can't discredit that. And their pitching is pretty nasty too. I just think the Phillies have that little extra something about them. They've got guys who are on the stage for the first time, you know, who are looking to prove themselves. And I think Houston might be looking a little bit past them. You know, it, as you said, if, if this is a business trip for them, then – they're going to regret that. Philly's going to make them regret that. So I'm sticking with Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia in six. 
I think they're going to pull it out. I think Bryce Harper is going to have a World Series to remember. He's going to solidify his Hall of Fame candidacy with it, and the Phillies are going to win the World Series this year. So it comes down to May to break the tie. Um, the Astros are undefeated this postseason, and the Phillies are undefeated at home. So a couple of uh, interesting um, stats there. For me, the as- one of two aspects here is going to shine through and is going to win it for the team that that takes it all. It's the Astros pitching versus the Phillies offense. Whichever one of them imposes their will on the other and breaks through, that's who's going to win the World Series. And I, I'm kind of torn because, you know, with the, with the Astros, I'm going to say it for the 1,004th time, Justin Verlander, my favorite non-Red Sox player. I just, I love him. I'd love to see him get another ring. Uh, Dusty Baker, I think everybody, well, close to everybody, would love to see him finally get a ring. You know, he's in his mid-70s, been around a while, been an extremely positive influence over probably literally hundreds of players over the last several decades. Uh, And then the one that nobody's really talking about right now is Christian Vasquez would win another ring if if the Astros, um, you know, were to pull this out. And then on the other side of the coin, I've been causing all kinds of chaos as far as this aspect of it, but Dave Dombrowski would get a ring. And the Red Sox have put up this front like, oh, we don't care what the other teams are doing. We don't care what the narrative is. Yeah, they they do kind of care what the narrative is. You know, they got their butts kicked all season. And in High Bloom's first year, Dave Dombrowski didn't even have a job. He wasn't even in Major League Baseball, and he gets to the World Series a little quicker. That, I think, rubs at least Red Sox ownership the wrong way. And if you go back to the night Dombrowski was either fired or quit, however you want to put it, um, that wasn't supposed to happen that night. You know, it was a Sunday night game on ESPN. There was a ceremony on the field. Dombrowski was down there making his appearance that he was obligated to do. Game starts, he goes and talks to Red Sox ownership. Conversation doesn't go the way he wants. He goes home. That's the end of it. So I don't think he really left on bad terms, but he left on terms that probably, I don't know, he he wishes were probably a little little different. But so you got that aspect of it. I think if if Dombrowski were to to get a ring here, I think that kind of does it does kind of increase the urgency of the Red Sox. It, it maybe puts a chip on their shoulder, and I think that's a good thing for us. You know, you, you want your team to to be a little bit fired up coming into this winter. And uh, so, so basically, this is hard. This is one of the hardest matchups to pick in recent memory, I feel like. It, it's extremely hard. Um, I love that Phillies lineup. I like it more than I like the Astros lineup. Bryce Harper's hitting 419 this whole playoff run. <laughs> 419. He's having one of the all-time great playoff runs. Remember when David Ortiz hit 688 in the World Series? Bryce Harper's hitting two-thirds of that throughout this entire run. Um, Reese Hoskins uh, had some 
huge moments in that uh, league championship series. There's no one more seasoned in that in that lineup than than Kyle Schwarber, as Jason pointed out. As he's uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's he's waiting for me to seal the deal here. Um, JT Real Muto, another guy who's just been around a while. Nick Castellanos, not a great year, uh, not a particularly great uh, postseason either, but not terrible all at the same time. Gene Segura, another guy who has just kind of been a solid role player, uh, you know, for them. There's there's a lot of 2013 vibes with with this lineup. Just a lot of really experienced guys. Unfortunately, not a ton of it in the postseason, as uh, Andrew pointed out. But it's a very veteran-laden lineup that I don't think is going to be rattled in the moment. Uh, the Astros lineup, a little, little cold. Altuve was, I think, four for his last seven at-bats, so he finally did wake up. That was one of my big concerns. And uh, Alvarez, pretty quiet since that uh, Mariner series. Uh, I don't think he's had a home run in there. Um, I don't know if Pena is going to sustain what he's done. I'm going with the Phillies. I'm picking the Phillies. I've talked myself into it. Uh, I, I've said a couple of times I picked against the Nationals every single round in 2019, and uh, I've done the same with the Phillies. So if there's Philly people in the audience and you're looking at me as a possible jinx, I'm sorry, but you guys are a runaway train right now, and, and the Astros haven't gotten it done in the World Series in five years, and there was some shenanigans going on there. I, I think actually, you know, it was five years ago, my bad, uh, but... Yeah, so that's my pick. That's my pick, and I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be sad either way. I think the the Astros is a great story for the reasons I've listed, and if the Phillies win this, it's probably the most out of nowhere World Series win in in a long, long time. The Royals won it in 2015, but they went to Game 7 the previous year, so I'm not going to say that was a, a huge shock. But when you look on paper, and Edison Volquez was their ace, their ace that uh, winning year, um, and he was, what, a glorified number four or five at best over the course of his career. That was just kind of an interesting team and, and an anomaly in a lot of ways, but nobody had the Phillies come in. Joe Girardi gets fired. On June third, and you're like, you're like this organization is a dumpster fire, and here they are. And Rob Thompson as well, I think, deserves a lot of credit for for being the steady voice, uh, you know, in that dugout and um, using Ranger Suarez there late. Charlie, you did mention the Eflin though. Um, David Robertson came back in that series, so he'll he'll probably be getting the ninth innings. Yeah, he he gave up one run in four appearances, so pitched somewhat effectively. But go ahead, Charlie. Yeah, so the 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 last time I saw Robertson pitching, did not feel warm and fuzzy about him. So truth be told, if they end up moving on from Robertson until he's gained the trust back of that manager, I'm I'm okay not seeing him back as the closer because currently, as as far as it stands, I do not believe he's listed as the closer. 
Uh, he he might not be, but I'm just saying he's, you know, he's, he's got the pedigree that we were talking about before. And I know we want players with with that kind of history, but a little bit different. He's coming off of a major injury where he sat out a significant amount of time. Um, and I think you've got to go with the hot hand. And and Dave Rob Dave Robertson did not get that done. Um, the last the last time it was not pretty. But you said Phillies in how many games, Terry? I'm going to no. I'm actually going to say seven because I I think the Astros are going to be pretty tough. I'm just trying to get the saves here. Yeah. So let's see. So Dominguez recorded a save. Alvarado uh, recorded one. Suarez. Yeah. I don't know. But still having Robertson in there uh, in whatever capacity is still better than, you know, a lot of other options. Yeah. Brad Hand only pitched one full inning, I guess, in that series. And uh, the other interesting thing, too, is how is Noah Syndergaard going to be utilized? Because they've essentially gotten away with uh, a three-man rotation, but the series all ended fast, so it's not like it's a tired rotation, kind of like Cleveland was uh, by Game 7 of the World Series that year. So just, man, it's going to be so much fun. This is going to be a fun World Series, so... Uh, final thoughts, Cody? Uh, you touched on it a little bit with uh, Dusty Baker. I think it'd be real cool to see him win his first ring. I mean, he's been you know a mainstay in baseball for as long as anybody can remember. I think he came up, what, in the 60s when he was a player. And, you know, he's been a manager as long as we can remember as well. So, you know, if he were to get his first ring, I think people would be thrilled to, to see him get one. And if the Phillies were to win as well, I don't think anybody's going to hate that either. Um, that town obviously celebrates championships like few others in the country. So it, it really is a great time to be a fan of baseball and to, to have a series where, you know, the outcome isn't going to be a bummer either way. Andrew, final thoughts? Yeah, for, for me personally, I, re- I really don't even care who wins this. I, I just want to sweep, quite frankly. I just want to get on with the offseason. I want to talk more Red Sox stuff. I want answers to opt-outs, you know, to extensions. That That's all I care about at this point. Fair enough. Charlie? No, I want to see I, – I miss baseball already, and we haven't even begun the World Series. And while I do want to get the answers to that, I still want – there to be some fire in this sport. And if you have a, a four game sweep, regardless of who wins, that to me is kind of soft. It's kind of boring. One of these records has got to get rocked. Philly's got to lose at, at home. Houston's got to take an L. We got to see some magic in here because if we see a four Oh sweep it, to me, it would almost seem like this, this year was just a waste. So I want to see some excitement. I want to see some fire. I want to see some, some magic happen for Philly. It's their first time in the dance since Oh eight. And their team looks drastically different. And it's been 14 years. It's been a long time. So, uh, you know, ring the bell, Jason. It's it's time. It's time to ring the bell. Go, Phils. Final thoughts, Jason? Yeah, uh, just two things. I think, um, you know, you asked what would be the, you know, this Phillies team kind of came out of nowhere. What would be the last team that sort of came out of nowhere to win the World Series? I think in the last decade, you know, decade less, I guess, it's probably the 2013 Red Sox when you really look at it. That team was not supposed to win the World Series that year, and they did. So I think that's kind of why we're maybe a little more invested in Philly right now. Um, And as far as which team would push the Red Sox more to be more active, I'm not sure. I, I still think Philly winning would 
piss off John Henry and the ownership group a lot more than Houston is because if Houston wins, Houston's a pitching factory. Boston never has been. So it's one of those things where Houston just has a different system than the Red Sox have ever had or ever will have. I mean, they just produce pitchers left and right. Um, and obviously they do it with a lot of home run talent too. I think Philly winning would piss off John Henry, especially given the Dombrowski angle and seeing Kyle Schwarber hit a couple of bombs might help too. So that's partially why I'm rooting for Philly too, is just give that little extra nudge to Red Sox ownership. Be like, all right, let's go. Let's get back in the dance. I did sort of mention that 2013 angle in the, in the last show, because we were talking about the, the, Beckett, uh, Gonzalez dump and how, you know, Sherrington did a good job parlaying it and how most people that year weren't even picking the Red Sox to win the division even. So, so it did kind of come out of nowhere. And, uh, one last thing on Dombrowski to, to his credit, he didn't say anything in the, the celebration interview when Lauren, I, I can't remember if it was Lauren Shahadi. No, I think she was on TBS. So it would have been, uh, Tom Verducci was, uh, was doing the interviews with the MVP, the manager, the owner. And um, Dombrowski took no digs. I'm kind of hoping he does <laughs> if they do win it. Just a sl- slight, subtle jab. And, uh, you know, we'll see. But but I do feel like the Red Sox would have a bit of a chip on their shoulder if, um, you know, if Philly were to win it. So... We will wrap on that. I uh, hope everyone has enjoyed our postseason coverage. We'll probably try to sneak on and do one more, maybe a couple of us, and uh, just kind of give some uh, middle of the series reaction. Um, so I don't know if that'll be Sunday night or, or, or not, but uh, hopefully everyone's enjoying it. Uh, still sort of on Devers watch. Uh, it seems to have quieted down quite a bit in the last 24 hours. So if something does happen, we will certainly come on to cover that. Um, apparently there's Red Sox officials down in the Dominican. It does happen to be his birthday though. So read the tea leaves, uh, however you would like. So everyone have a good rest of your week. Take care.